0: Welcome to Season 5 of the Big Sci-Fi Podcast with Adina, Brian, Chris, and Steve, the biggest sci-fi podcast in the galaxy. The adventure is just beginning here at the Big Sci-Fi Podcast, and we invite you to come aboard the Starship Tangent. We know you'll enjoy the conversation, the laughter, the banner back and forth, and most of all, friends who love hanging out to talk about all things science fiction. Set your phasers to fun. Here we go. Hey guys, this is Brian Donahue, one of your neighborhood-friendly podcasters, and I'd like to personally welcome you to the start of Season 5 here at the Big Sci-Fi Podcast. We are so thankful to you, our faithful listeners, for continuing to support the podcast, and we humbly ask that you keep sharing, liking, and to write a kind review if you're able to, as that helps us get this podcast in front of more Potential listeners. I'd also like to thank uh, the Trek Geeks Podcast Network for letting us be a part of their fantastic lineup of podcasts. You can learn more about Trek Geeks at TrekGeeks.com. We're starting season five off with a bang, as we had the privilege of visiting with the beautiful and talented Robin Curtis. That's right, the Robin Curtis. This episode was actually recorded just at the start of the SAG After Strike, way back in July earlier this year. So you may hear some language around this issue. Because the Trek Geeks Network passionately stood in solidarity with the actors as they stood up for their own rights, we withheld releasing this interview in support and to honor their great efforts. We are so pleased to release this episode now, though, as we thoroughly enjoyed our time with Robin. Of course we did. So let's get to the wonderful Robin Curtis now as we launch our fifth season here at the Big Sci-Fi Podcast. Enjoy.
1: Greetings, listeners of the Big Sci-Fi Podcast. Now, to me, the mark of an amazing actor or actress is when I meet them in real life and they are nothing like the characters they are known for playing. I really shouldn't have been too surprised when we met Robin Curtis. In every picture I've seen, she has this huge, awesome smile, which is completely opposite of the role she's known for in Trek the Vulcan Savik in Star Trek through The Wrath of Khan. And then she played a Vulcan impersonating a Romulan, impersonating a Vulcan, impersonating a Romulan, you know, back and forth in the Next Generation episode, The Gambit. So we're going to have some fun as we talk about these roles, life, other sci-fi roles, and possibly an upcoming independent horror film, Awaken the Reaper.
2: <laughs> Hi, Robin. Thank you so much. Tina, good evening. Oh, this is so lovely of you. Thank you. I'm 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 embarrassed. I, you, my cheeks are red and and uh Yes, it, I win. Open. That's my goal. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you all.
1: Well, I want to just actually start talking about the the role of SAVIG because one of the interesting things I didn't I thought this was really like just me until I started doing a little research and that there are a lot of people out there that see you as you are Savick, even though you were the second person to play her. And I was thinking through the timing of when I saw the movies and how old I was. And I think I saw them out of order. So, yeah, you were you were a Savick to me. And It wasn't oh. till like later I kind of really put everything you know in the order. And I found that this is really interesting because it didn't like dawn on me <laughs> that that was I'm not the only one. There's a lot of people out there that that see that. And I think that's really cool.
2: It's an amazing oh. role. I, I was a big soap opera watcher when I was a kid. And uh, I remember when they would replace an actor with another actor or actress. And I didn't like it. I have to say, <laughs> it 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 would just rankle me, you know, <laughs> and and I and it took me a long time to get on board with that second person. So I was fully prepared, you know, to to uh, years later to to be met with the same resistance mm-hmm. and 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 a and a possible loyalty to the to the first actress, and I totally respect that. And it's been cute over the years, you know, when I meet people. And and they'll tell me which actress was their favorite. Sometimes it's me. Sometimes it's Christy Alley. And and I'm so cool with that. I I, I get it. And and of course when I had more perspective years later, Adina, um, and I came to understand how how the role really was collaborative. In both instances, it was mine with Mr. Nimoy and hers with uh, Nicholas Meyer. And 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 so uh, do you know what I mean? There was more than mm-hmm. one person whose who, whose hand was stirring the pot mm-hmm. and and uh and i and i appreciate that as well the fact that this was savik in two different moments in time d- directed by two different you know people uh and uh and the chances were they would be different mm-hmm. they would mm-hmm. different interpretations and it's all good mm-hmm. uh, um i just was glad that leonard nimoy was my director because i really did i really did uh you know, kind of almost beg him at the beginning of of, of um, shooting. I said, "You know, Mr. Nemo, you seem to think I know what I'm doing, and I and I don't. I really don't." Mm-hmm. He said really? to me, "I will take you every step of the way. I will never put you out on a on a limb and dangle you there alone." And I'm like, "Cool, uh, great." Wow. And so his direction of me was very, it was very personal and very intimate in a way, um, unlike uh, you know most directors you work with. He, he, he was very caring and 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 I came at it with no ego whatsoever. So I didn't mind that he was so kind of, you know, he, he would say, OK, let, let's hear it. So, you know, this is before we're with anybody around, you know, no lighting people, no um, uh, camera guys or sound people. He, he would take me aside alone and he'd say, let me hear the lines. And I'd be like, OK, you know, wow. <laughs> and then he and then he and then he, he might even give me a line reading. You know, which is the ultimate insult to most creative people, actors, whatever. But I, or I was like, oh, but, you know, man, like I was j- j- just grateful for, for the riches that were coming out of his person for me to to, you know, use. So anyway, I'm sorry. I've gone on. No, about that. no, that's fine. no, no. Do you think he we was? Love
3: like, we love it? We I love mean,
1: it. I mean, everything <laughs> that we've heard is he was like an amazing director. Was yeah. it do you think part of it had to do with? Him being very protective of the Spock character and then feeling that
2: protectiveness to like other Vulcan characters. Absolutely. Like, the, absolutely. There was that um y- y- you know of uh, uh, what do they call it? Not not sympathy, but um uh the one that begins with a C. It's not compassion, it's compatible, not compatibility. Oh geez that I'm senior. Let's go uh, in the dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 well, he, yeah. No, he 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 was he was very sensitive to to the the whole Vulcan thing, both with myself and the other Spocks. And I also felt he was the first actor to step from behind, or from in front of the camera to go behind the camera. And I felt he, he you know, I look back at it at the time, and I remember observing the various sort of bundles of energy, if you will. There was mm. Christopher Lloyd and, his, you know, and he was his own unique bundle of energy. There were sort of us, us guest stars, right? Mm-hmm. Myself, Christopher Lloyd uh, uh, and the young Spocks, et cetera. And then there was the, the, the supporting cast, Michelle and Jimmy and Walter and, and George and so forth. And, 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 and they, they were a lovely team and very cohesive and very interactive with each other and kind to one another and so on. And then there was Bill, who was completely absent, like he was off somewhere in his trailer. And I've since come to learn that he was doing something, you know, there there was another job that was pressing down on him right after this. And he had a lot on his plate. So Hmm. so when we rehearsed scenes, he very often wasn't even there. And Hmm. then he would come out and appear just as the blocking had already been done and the lighting had already been set. Um, And then there was Mr. Nimoy and he was juggling all these bundles of energy. Do you know, some more demanding than others, some more prickly than others. And and I and I marveled at at his uh acumen and his deftness with these various, you know, bundles of energy. I keep calling him mm-hmm. that that I'm saying that. But you know, like Christopher Lloyd, you know, he had to be, it's it's almost like he, he had to be contained because he was so big and so <laughs> and and you know, and didn't hold back. What do I find? You know, like he, he was just really good at just spewing it out there. And and me, I was very reserved, you know, like, and I needed to understand what everything was, you know, what's mm. the tricorder do? What, what's, why, why am I wearing this big flap jacket? Blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> you know, so I'm this inquisitive newbie. And then, and then there were this, you know, the well-seasoned actors who bring it with their eyes closed, you know, Nichelle and all of them. And then, and like I said, and, and, and Bill would come out and he was very much the star.
4: <laughs>
2: and, you know, and I, you know, I, I don't mean to be making fun of him, but you know, it, it, yeah. in my twenty-eight-year-old eyes, this was what I was watching uh, unfold, and I just couldn't imagine anybody better than Leonard Nimoy uh. directing these various, you know, parts of the orchestra. Uh, I thought he was so dip- diplomatic mm. and 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 you know, and magnanimous is a good word. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, in
3: and his- and, well, and this was Leonard Nimoy's first film he directed. Correct. Was it? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. Was first. yeah. yeah I'm I not believe 100% was...
2: certain of that. Didn't he do, did he do a film with Diane Keaton before this? I'm going to look it up while we're talking. Ooh. Please do. Think Please do. The mother. <laughs>
3: because the question is, is that I read something, I guess on the Wikipedia, that he actually, he chose you to play this role. Is that right? He picked you out that he wanted you to do this role. And
2: yeah. how did that come yes.
3: about? How did that I... come?
2: Well, in a nutshell, I went to meet the casting people at Paramount. I had met Elsa Bergeron months and months earlier, months and months earlier in a general interview. She was still at Paramount, working with Stuart Jensen. And there I sat between the two of them, not knowing what character uh, I was there to 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 possibly be considered for. There were no sides, meaning no lines to read. There was nothing mm. to prepare. I was just simply told to go in, with with regard to a Star Trek film. And I remember saying, kind of off the cuff, "Gosh, guys, you know, if I was going to be in a, in a in a science fiction movie, I'd want to play a, a, an alien. You know, that that would be what I would prefer." Because I remember um, years and years ago, or, or you know, right around the same time, I had a callback for a Dino De Laurentiis movie about King Kong.
4: Oh and, really? And it had to
2: do with the two, with the two apes, the female in one large gymnasium and, and Kong in the other, and and one of them needed a, a a heart transplant or something, and it was you know open heart surgery was was a part of the plot, and and I remember thinking I just can't take that seriously, I just can't, I mean I know I'm supposed to be an actress, but I can't do it. But when I had a callback, I I very you know graciously said no, thank you. Uh, so, so that's what was in my mind, I, you know, how, mm. how, how much I could I could uh, uh, what sort of reality I could suspend to be in a science fiction s- story. And, and, and lo and behold, it was it was uh, Savick. And I go back to meet Leonard Nimoy, I think, either the very next day or the day after one mm. on one, which is a very, very rare occurrence in Hollywood. Just he and I alone in a room. And he was such a gentleman and so lovely and so polite that he even asked me about, like, you know, the the saddest little credit on my on my thin resume at the time. (laughs) So tell me about playing Nancy and Oliver in upstate New York, you know. (laughs) Wow. And so we had this cute little back and forth. And, you know, I told him, I think I played every wench. Every you know whore <laughs> wench of uh, scallywag that, that 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 was written for musical theater pretty much in my in my musical theater career, you know. But he, I wasn't there to play the, the lead in a musical theater movie, and so he he very quickly said, you know, listen, I'd like you to read some of the words, but you need to go outside and look at them, and I'm going to have you back, and I'm gonna I'm gonna record it. And hmm. I said okay, and he uh, I remember going out in the waiting room and. You know, uh, stressing over over the words and the lines, and and just sort of taking it for granted that that uh, it made sense because you know we don't read the whole story, you don't know quite how the right. fit, right? And uh, and and I and the one bit of direction that I remember him giving me is that Vulcans had one thousand years of wisdom behind the eyes.
4: <laughs>
2: okay, well, let's see if I can carry that off. <laughs> of you know, I, uh, I so so it was the 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 unthreatening, you know, or unintimidating, if you will, way that he conducted that first meeting that I think made all the difference in the world, made all uh, the difference in the world nice. Uh, nice. in my being comfortable and sort of letting my hair down with him a little bit. And it was from that one meeting, he said, he shook my hand, he said, I have no doubt you could play this part. Now it's up to the powers that be. And I thought, oh I wonder who those people are. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, um, so I did end up going back to say hello to Harv Bennett at one point and, and and a gentleman I think by the name of Gary Nardino who might have been president of film at the time and I remember now you know Harv Bennett becoming more and more significant that he wasn't just this person off in the corner he'd written the story and he was working mm-hmm. with Leonard do you know what I mean mm-hmm. in fact when they both died within a year of each other a couple of years ago I was just like I I I, I, don't know. I, I Although I hadn't been in touch with them in, in decades, it, it still was like, wow, there just went a huge chapter of my life. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, the audition process was so gentle and so uh, uh, smooth. The next time I went to the studio, I, I was uh, in, a, in a screen test mm-hmm. and I was told, I was kind of told, wink, wink, you know, chosen you, but we have to go through this exercise. Okay. Uh, And these two people here are friends of friends and yeah, we're going to do this, but just, you know, like, don't fuck it up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, can I go, can I go, can I go backwards? Hell yeah. Because, because as a kid watching these films on VHS. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) uh, I remember watching the wrath of Khan in, in Kirstie Alley. And then seeing you in star trek 3 and as a kid i went why does she look different i remember being totally and utterly confused as to because because number one i was a kid that grew up watching classic hollywood films on vhs that my grandmother videotaped off off of cable tv for us so i'm watching black and white films with no knowledge that those aren't current Hollywood actors in movies and stuff like that. So I went through this process as a kid where finally one day my dad said to me, you know, son, John Wayne's been dead for a couple decades. And I was like, what are you kidding me? And so I started like the Star Trek films is when I started really realizing what was happening. And then I started watching credits and oh, it's Mm -hmm. a different Mm -hmm. actress. And then I saw Kirstie Alley on Cheers. Yeah. And I went, Ah, Cheers can have her. Can have her. <laughs> her.
1: I so... like Cheers. I I like cheer. I remember oh, watching I,
0: like, I, I want
5: to get into Cheers. I need to. I need to start watching <laughs> that.
1: <laughs> yeah. But that's so that's that's the same thing. Yeah. Is right. Is is when you're a kid, you don't necessarily put two and two together. So I think the first times that I saw like the second and third movie, not necessarily in order, but I was aware of them. I I think for a long time, I thought that they were two different characters.
0: You know, oh, interesting. It, it was,
1: I was like a little old, you know, I needed to be a little older so before I realized it was the same character, different actresses and, and it was
0: you know, okay. So can I ask, can I ask yeah. another question, Robin, was you talked a little bit about the audition process and, uh, Mr. Nimoy bringing you along in, uh, which is a beautiful story. I'm so glad to hear that, that he was sensitive to you and caring for you and kind of helped you, helped you in mm-hmm. that role. Mm -hmm. Um, that way but was there discussion about not trying to mimic how Kirstie Alley portrayed I mean portrayed the character or was there discussion like let's try to make it close but you know what I mean
2: it's a good question and I don't remember a big discussion about it what I remember is they treated it like it like the character never existed before that moment Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, the only person who who seemed somewhat focused on making this connection between what had happened in the previous film and the character and now, you know, my entrance was Merritt Buttrick. Okay. Mm-hmm. he he Great. felt the need to sort of explain what they had what they had established, you know the chemistry between them, the energy between them,
4: mm-hmm.
2: and, and I and I was so <laughs> respectful of his position on that or whatever it was. You know, apparently he, you know, according to him, they had a flirtation. Mm. Um, it was a playful relationship, you know, and of course I'm coming in and I'm having to, uh, uh, you know, confront him about this this incredible um, betrayal and and uh, uh, just, right. just poor decision making. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, no, Harv. I I, I don't know how, how this, this this you know this sort of uniform approach was was arrived at. Uh, but both Harv Bennett, Leonard Nimoy, and anyone else treated me like the, the character was born in that moment. Cool, and,
4: cool.
2: and it was so sweet actually of, of them to do that. I wasn't made to feel like I had to mimic anything or relive anything at all. Yeah. Uh,
3: Wonderful. Well, characters come and characters go in Star Trek. Was there any discussion of just you being a completely different v- character, a, a rename, you know, Lieutenant uh, Sheboygan or something Sheboygan. like that? No. Should, why that's not Sheboygan? Not a Vulcan
4: name. Oh, <laughs> it is. There are many
3: Vulcans in Sheboygan, Sheboygan <laughs> Wisconsin. Where do you think it got its name from? Uh, <laughs> it's true. They did. They were. They actually first landed there well before First Contact. you know it was
1: Pennsylvania.
3: Before uh, okay. okay. Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, was there ever like, okay, the fans are going to be watching this movie and they're going to see a different person playing this character. We can easily explain, oh, Savick got reassigned to another starship and mm. this new Vulcan was on this. There was never anything like that just no. to make it easy for people that been weirder. to not question. Yeah, I'm that...
2: certain it was discussed behind the scenes, perhaps, mm-hmm. especially between Harv Bennett and Leonard Nimoy. But but it was never something I was invited to, a conversation okay. I was aware mm-hmm. of at all. I mean, sincerely, it was like the the character had never been played before.
3: Because it's interesting, Probably. the way that, that Kirstie Alley portrayed it, to me, always seemed much more wooden. Than the way you portrayed it, you had a a bit more humanity to it. Especially going into Star Trek Four, you you seemed to be more, you know, you had more of the Romulan in you. In that you were more easygoing and more outgoing, and oh. she was more of the stiffer type of Vulcan Romulan character.
2: Steve, everything you've just said is is sort of a perfect example of how it's in the eye of the beholder, you mm-hmm. know, and how creativity or or art is so subjective um because i think it's just the opposite i think really I'm robotic and wooden and stiff and and i feel like her portrayal was almost like a real person like a like not not a vulcan interesting i would never have
1: said either a robotic or stiff but i definitely think that your version was more more, more what we expect of as a vulcan
5: yeah a bit more logical yeah. mm-hmm.
1: yes right. and more, more, reser- more like focused on the task at Mm -hmm. hand and you know Mm -hmm. i'm a scientist and i'm doing my job and yeah i wouldn't we're we're all in
0: we're all in blatant disagreement with steve's comments so (laughs) i just want to this is nothing new
3: i am the (laughs) i am the one doctor out of five that says don't brush your (laughs) teeth okay (laughs) let let them rot it's fine (laughs) okay
1: were you so, so you know star trek was obviously in the the pop culture you know in the 80s and everything were you how how aware of the franchise and the fandom were you at that point
2: when you were getting involved? I was very aware. Oh wow. My older brother loved Star Trek. And so that was what was on the television whenever it was airing, type of thing. And 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 I, I don't know how much of this I can share and be and be uh delicate about it, but uh <laughs> I have to say, no, it's it's, it's really remarkable that instead that of a, that, a, that a little show like Star Trek in the 1960s I was all of 10 11 12 years old when Plato's stepchildren aired
5: uh-huh. that one's a creepy mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm.
2: right this is the yeah worst it freaks where, me out yeah you know, the, well I it didn't have it didn't I mean it didn't creep me out I I, I remember being enthralled by it mm. like just mesmerized by it
4: mm-hmm.
2: that this hum that, that this Creature is making these human creatures do things against their will, and I'm telling you, it laid it it, it laid a pathway in my neurons that is there to this day. <laughs>
4: wow, <laughs> that's yeah,
2: really that's cool. Really, I oh love that. That's goodness, awesome. When I close my eyes, <laughs> like so, it, it, yeah, some weird stuff's going on up there. So, so
3: <laughs> Robin, did you watch Star Trek? The the original series, when it was live on television, yes. when it first aired. Yes. Thank you. I, I'm not alone in this planet. I, 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 would I wish I could have if been. I was I, there. But, <laughs> I you say know. me yeah. too. If I had been yeah. born a little earlier, because no, I, I I was there on September the eighth, nineteen sixty six, when the Salt Monster arrived. Yes. And watched every single episode as they came on. And yes. It was great. It was amazing television. Yes. It was exactly what we wanted.
2: Yes. And and I fixated on the erotic aspect to the mm. show. I really did. I I could remember that episode, and and guys, I literally went back. I think it was last summer, mm-hmm. sometime within the last year. I went back and watched it again to see if I remembered it. If if it was what I remembered, and it was every bit what I
4: remembered.
2: Very <laughs> mm-hmm. With cherries on top, because what was interesting was, I, 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 and I sort of remembered this, like the people, Kirk and Nimoy, uh, um, or not Nimoy, Spock, uh, um, uh, liked what was happening. Like there was that element of mm. I'm being made to do this and I don't want to do this, but I kind of do. But mm-hmm. I watch this completely differently now. I need to, I I need to yeah, <laughs> because oh like God, that, like so Spock hot. as a horse is it's like so well, wild. And then and then there was I remembered from all those years ago uh Spock in the cave with Marriott Hartley.
4: Yeah. Oh yeah.
5: And she's
2: in leather. And and it's do I stay? Do I go? Do I stay? Do I go? And all of that, all of that sexual tension. That's what I remember about the show. Mm-hmm. It was some broad, you know, mm-hmm.
0: right, right. Exposing
2: herself or <laughs> or sidling up to Kirk with her bosoms and her and her shirt, <laughs> you know, bo- booted legs, their short skirts. And I, I I I just was like drooling mm-hmm. on the shag carpet. Right.
3: Wow. My, my my best friend's mom used to refer to him as Kinky Kirk
2: oh, <laughs> when she I watched it.
3: it new. I'm feeling
2: yes. it, Steve. <laughs> well, what
0: they got away with costume wise, with the well, yeah, ladies yeah, is was, was remarkable. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, my dad frequently changing this channel in in watching the original, and I was I'd always go as a kid, go, "What in the heck?" You know, and then watching him again as I got into my years, I went, "Oh, okay," you know.
2: That's why he changed the channel. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. yeah, we just
1: watched that. I I don't know. We just watched them. But I think, you know, in my house, my dad was an engineer and I was a budding engineer. And so I'm focused seriously on the science fiction aspect of it. They are out doing space exploration. Mm -hmm. They're meeting aliens. They've got technology and all this stuff. So a lot of that stuff went right over my head. And probably still Mm -hmm. now that you're saying it, I'm going to like it's going to be different when I
2: rewatch it. I'm so sorry. And my brother was just like you. He was he was completely mesmerized by the. The science, mm-hmm. and it, all of it on every right. level. And, and there I was just, you know, uh, whittling it down to men and women and mm-hmm. what they do and how they <laughs> each other.
3: It was always <laughs> interesting when when the other male characters, Scotty or Spock or McCoy, when they had the relationship, it uh-huh. was very far and few between, but they did let that happen. And, you know, but it was still always... William Shatner well it was that's what I loved it was always meant to be Shatner and like Kirk was meant to be the
5: one but it like from reading about it, stuff it's like no actually Spock was the more popular of, of the two <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of like oh Spock is the real attractive I, one you
0: you gotta love William Shatner's punches though a lot, lot like I'm gonna man, I'm now it's twice oh, the... in this podcast I mentioned the name John Wayne but John Wayne would punch and start way back here and, <laughs> and you know Shatner had the same thing if you watch every every bar fight it's the which is stupid as heck just you know here i'm gonna punch you look out here it comes you know but it works it's it's like oh man it's uh that's what i loved about this show was the bar fights frankly <laughs> uh, as a kid and it wasn't until later that i started hey they're talking about some deep stuff here
1: yeah
0: yeah well so then it but, turned
1: uh, into oh go ahead chris
0: oh i was gonna jump i was gonna go back to pictures
5: i've got some search for spot questions
4: yeah.
5: um but I'm just so curious about playing Savic, And you always hear when you get into character when people, especially if you're playing a Vulcan, you get into character and you become a Vulcan. Did you find it challenging during the shoot to turn that off when like leaving the set for the day?
2: Hardly. No. No, no. There, you know, I'm I'm pretty incorrigible. And uh <laughs> no, I know what I found hard was turning it on, not turning it off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, and, and I think one of the other things Leonard Nimoy said to do is to just work in the mirror and and try not to move your face, hmm. you know, because we all have quirks and ticks in the way we talk, um, sure. uh, you know, the, the that we aren't even realizing we're doing. And and then suddenly you have to you have to take on this this mili- mil- militaristic bearing and, and contain yourself, you know, like sits. I mean, you know, I can barely sit still. So mm-hmm. how did I ever contain myself? Well, that's the
1: thing that you are, you are so not, I mean, it's great because I love it be, it's oh. so much because it really shows how awesome like oh. acting is and how wonderful you did because you are not like
4: yeah. that
2: person and it's great. Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. Thanks. Thanks. You can't, yeah, the people listening can't see, see right. what's happening, but I, I, <laughs> I talk with my hands and, 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 and my yes, face. I do too. All Yeah. <laughs> Yep. So <laughs> yep.
1: Well, I think some of that is a New York thing because I talk with that's I talk with my hands too to the point where several I've had several employees over the years ask me if I sat on my hands would I stop talking?
3: <laughs> mm, <laughs> really?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. No, I would I, I, never <laughs> ask you that. Yeah. It was yeah, all in is. good fun. It's okay, but it's it's but it's true, and you do these things, and yeah. <laughs> yeah,
5: I was going to say it was weird because I like first met you at last year's. Vegas convention and I was like oh that's Savic." I can't just go up to her and talk to her and then I came up and you helped me pick out a picture like, I was like I couldn't decide between some of the uh, pictures to get autographed and I was like you're just so cool like Savic is just like just being super chill you made a funny voice I was like this is this is incredible
1: she's not she's Robin and Robin I know that's awesome. what's
5: weird it's like but you expect <laughs> even though I know like even though I know I like you're not actually Savic, but I thought still really intimidating. And then, but like the fact that you're just completely different, like Adina's saying, is just amazing.
1: Oh, I well, love it so much. Well, thank you. Yep.
2: I, I, I still, you know, guys, honestly, I, I don't know what I ever did to be this lucky. Uh, uh, but, uh, I'm, I've, I've never ever was confused about that. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it, and it warms my heart when I see other actors come into the family Mm -hmm. And I and I, you know, I wonder, will they will they will they bring the respect and appreciation that they need to to this whole world that that's existed for a long time and and people are blessed enough to be a part of it? Um, And and for the most part, I I see I see a lot of a lot of beautiful recognition and appreciation from the younger actors. You know, I was on a panel once uh, with, um, uh, Ethan, um, Peck.
4: Oh, and, and well, I that's really cool.
2: This is about five years ago, four years ago. And it was before the pandemic. Right. And Ticonderoga, you know, where mm-hmm. James Collins, yeah, new, upstate new York. Yeah. Galvanized the whole town in this little museum and stuff. And up I go. And, uh, uh, Terry Farrell's there that weekend and Ethan Peck and my friend Lolita Facho, and we're all hanging out. And, uh, and, and I, I'm put on a panel with Ethan, and I had never met him, and I didn't even know. I didn't know what he character he played or anything. Total strangers to each other. So I'm thinking, oh geez, I hope this young man is 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 polite and, and sensitive to the fact that probably, you know n- nine out of nine questions are going to be for him, and I might get one <laughs> every now and then. Um, and so now we're we're already sort of into the panel. And it was a more intimate setting, guys. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. like it was a thousand people in the room, you know, maybe 150 people in the room. And and someone said something about, you know, Ethan, I don't know that I would recognize you if I didn't know you played the character. And I and I just went, oh, for heaven's sakes. And I and I went to my phone and I and I Googled it. Oh, (laughs) and I said, oh, my God, are you. the (laughs) new
4: new (laughs)
2: And he said, yes. And I just, right there on the spot, started to cry. Aww. Did he know?
3: Did he know that you had worked with the original Spock?
2: No, 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 no. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what he knew about me. I knew nothing uh-huh. about him. And 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 the and the, the 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 thing of it for me, guys, is that is that To Kill a Mockingbird is my all time favorite movie. Mm-hmm. I when I watched it, it's like I am Scout. I felt oh. like I was Scout. You know, I'm that little girl, and Jem is like my brother Kevin. And and I and I love everything about that film. And and then later I studied with Kim Stanley, and she is the um uncredited voice of Scout telling oh. the story in in, in the past, Jem or in the present, mm-hmm. but from the past. And 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 so that was a little layer to all of this, you know, to, to me and my connection to the film. And then, and then to meet him was just an absolute. It undid me for a few minutes. Mm. <laughs> like I just couldn't even collect myself. And my point is, he could not have been more gracious. Yeah. And was a perfect example of of what many of these young actors, uh, you know, embody, which mm-hmm. is which is um, gratitude.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Gratitude that you ever got so lucky as to be a part of this beautiful world. And wow. uh, this beautiful world of Star Trek and science fiction and stuff. And mm-hmm. and he's he just was absolutely exceptional and lovely in, in his uh, decorum, you know?
0: I, I'm connecting the dots here. And I'm a little bit shy about it. But are you saying that Ethan Peck is related to Gregory Peck? I think he's his you, son. I didn't right? know that.
2: He's his grandson.
0: Oh, grandson. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. God. That yeah. makes more sense. Whoa. Never mind. You yes. yes. said to kill a mockingbird, on, right? And that's one of Gregory Peck's great characters mm-hmm. he ever played, wow. right? So, yeah, yes. I oh just I'm wow, cool. We did I like yeah, strange new worlds that. even more now.
2: So I like in to my, think, in my in my opinion, that's like having Hollywood royalty join Star Trek. Yeah. To have yeah. That oh, that's, wow. And 1 degree favorite. of Greg,
3: you're, you're sitting with 1 degree of Gregory, Gregory Peck I mean and right. this <laughs> I mean and this is this is an actor and a role that you admired so greatly amongst all his many 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 yeah, other yeah. roles yeah. but but to realize that you're sitting next to the grandson of one of the most uh, one of the actors that you admired
2: that that's and, really and the character of Atticus wow. Finch is just Beyond the beyond, you know, the whole everything about the film that that Harper Lee wrote it, that she she only wrote that book that was published. The Watchmen was later published, you know, her relationship. Get this other weird connection for me. She and uh, Truman Capote were childhood <laughs> friends. Oh, and, wow. Well, excuse me. I'd read that somewhere, I think. They were lifetime friends. I don't know that they knew each other in childhood. But there was it was an epic friendship, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And his book, In Cold Blood, mm-hmm. had a completely DNA altering effect upon me. I, I I practiced murder drills because of it. Um, literally, like I was a brownie scout and and I I don't remember now how old I was when it came out, 10, 11. I used to practice um escaping the house if the murderers came, like they did to that wow. family in Kansas. Mm-hmm. you know, the the clutter family. Uh, I I I I would I would I had awning windows up high. I had to stand on my bed to get to the window to get the screen down, and then I would climb up on the ledge and jump out to the mm. ground below. And then I'd go to the garage and I'd get a ladder and I'd put it up against the house, and I'd practice climbing up so that I could warn my brothers in their bedroom and my parents in their bedroom. And then and then and then just in case the bad guys came while I was in the basement. I would crawl into the dryer drum. Oh no. All oh, of me. Yes. All of me. Like
1: so you you'd physically do <laughs> you, it not just cuz I mean I I feel like I did this as mental exercises like I'd be lying there in bed and mentally going through the steps. Are because you saying you of this f- book physically?
2: Or? No, no. For me I just did it cuz okay. I'm just a paranoid freak. Oh. No. <laughs> yeah. No, I was obsessed with murder yeah. after after In Cold Blood and 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 the Nurses in in Chicago. Hmm. Richard hmm. Speck. Yeah. The one the one surviving nurse. Uh I, I I'm was obsessed with her and just obsessed with with surviving. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Something yeah. just like that befall my you know m- my oh. life. Um anyway, so so that it's weird the, the incestuous of all those things.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um because right. one dot connects to the other dot, you know what I mean for me. Mm-hmm. Weird.
0: Well, so so- Oh, I'm sorry. I'm 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 dominating. Sorry. No, Go no, no. Me. It's okay.
1: I was gonna just say about the, you know, Ethan Peck and the new actors coming into the franchise. I have this like image that when they are casting, they're mindful of they need to bring in a certain personnel, like they need to bring in people who are not just gonna be good on screen, but you know good, gracious people behind screen too, because I feel like they're aware that anyone that comes in is going to be part of, they're not just acting in another movie, another TV show, they're part of something larger. And I like to think that that's actually part of Getting cast in Star Trek
2: these days,
1: yeah. I don't know for that for a
2: fact, but yeah, I couldn't say. I I, I don't even know. Does juni Lowry still do it? Who's doing it now? I don't, I don't yeah, know. I don't
0: think so.
3: Yeah, that's a yeah, yeah, question yeah. I'm not sure.
5: Yeah,
2: well, l-
3: l- let me ask you this question: Since you were sitting with him in a panel, have yeah. you been watching Strange New Worlds?
2: I have not. On- I confess, I have not. Okay. I did watch it, a couple it of is, episodes two, you like know, either
3: or two ago. Okay, he is the third actor to portray Spock.
2: oh, But he's
3: brought his own level of style to it yeah, that is exceptionally good. And I, I would, you know, since you sat with him, yeah. I would recommend maybe to watch some of the episodes with him yeah. because he is an exceptional young actor and he's yeah. brought a level of humanity to Spock that was always there in other actors, but yeah. You you you'd be impressed to know how good his grandson is as an actor. Mm-hmm. I think you I
2: would. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Especially
3: this season he's had. A oh tremendous, yeah, he's just he's had amazing. so much fun. Yeah. Really yeah. is.
2: My my yeah. Facebook feed has people talking about this season. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and I know I need to watch it. Yeah.
3: It is it is it, and not just that but all the other actors, you I know. all good. <laughs> it is, you know, you you you, you 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 look at the original series, which now is going to be called "Those Old Scientists," right? Uh, <laughs> Those old scientists. And uh, and if you watch the last, you'll get the joke. But anyway, um, every one of the actors they chose fit the role very well. Mm-hmm. They've done in all the series they've mm-hmm. done an, a remarkable job of picking the right actors to play the right roles, and they do it so well and so. Even to yourself, playing oh. Savick was exceptionally enjoyable, and you brought your own level of, spe- you know, of style to it. That was maybe it was different than Kirsty, mm-hmm. but it was your own, and and thank goodness. No, I, I- yeah,
0: I am sorry, oh, I have to jump no, no, in go here go now, ahead, jump, and we need Take to over. let Chris ask another question. Too, <laughs> yes, I know he's probably <laughs> ready to do that, but, he's such um, a good Canadian. Got... <laughs> he's so nice. <laughs>
4: I'm just listening.
5: The conversation. Is so good. I don't want to like just ram in with other. random You never say subjects. I'm a good
0: Ohioan, Steve. I don't know. I'm. Oh, a, but that uh, goes, without saying, that goes well. without saying. It goes without saying. But uh, okay, two things. Okay, uh, in Star Trek Three. Mm -hmm. one of the most stunning moments of the film and there are several Mm -hmm. many even but i love when david is killed and you have to tell kirk yeah uh, yeah david is dead what a line such a like that to me is an amazing moment and you know i don't you know there there might be a story but i'm not trying to dig out a story or anything unless you have a great one of course but um Also, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. To this day, I watch that wonderful, amazing film... Adina and Chris and I and Steve argue about whether that's the best film or Star Trek First is. Contact is, is or whatever. It's, it's, it or is or First or First of But um uh, but uh, to this day, I watch that film and I go, why isn't Savick in this film throughout? Uh, that, it? Why that would have been so did, great? They cut an extra seat
3: aboard the USS Bounty.
1: They could well, have HMS Bounty.
3: I thank you, HMS Bounty. <laughs> HMS it Bounty could have could have fit you in there someplace. You would have been wonderful. You would have been looking after Spock because he was still going through his regeneration of <laughs> his character.
1: I think it would have worked yeah. very well. It's really though hard to imagine any changes at this point though. But yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, guys, they they negotiated uh Star Trek three, four, five, and six when I worked on three. Hmm. Which was which was unusual. They hadn't done that with Kirstie and apparently they regretted it. Uh, wow. because because that was how she was able to graciously negotiate herself out we wow. really asked for too much money if you chose not to do a project the best way to to bow out yep. uh, and, so and save space face an for everyone was to simply just ask for an extraordinary amount of money um they had me under contract for the fourth film it didn't matter ah. if i said two words or was a major character and and uh i remember you know guys my my father suffered from cancer uh, yeah. uh just as i uh was uh cast in the movie
4: and mm-hmm.
2: uh, and lived long enough he died in november of 84 but the film pr- premiered in june so he lived long enough to see it and of course he was privy to my contract and it was awfully awfully nice that aspect of it uh to to send him to the next life Mm. You know, thinking I was going to be okay, you know, like his yeah. daughter, said, mm-hmm. you know, and they were always very supportive and did everything they could to, to root me on and to, and to support me economically if I needed it. Um, uh, but that, you know, that, that was a, a sort of a sweet little blessing
4: mm. in
2: that regard. But when push came to shove and principal photography w- was now being implemented within the time frame of the contract, my manager reached out to to Paramount and said well are you going to use her or not because now we have this deadline they said oh well she's not really in the movie the deadline passed and then they reached back to my manager to oh, say oh
0: interesting
2: look she's got a couple of scenes you know they're they're essentially kicking the character to the curb mm-hmm. uh, and and we're willing to pay back <laughs> so so my second the first film was $30,000 for 8 weeks which back then was you know, right. crazy amounts of money. It, was, it seemed to be fabulous then, and and two years later, within a year and a half to two years later, it was going to be seventy five thousand. Then it was going to be a dollars and then it was three hundred thousand, something like that. Wow! And it was like, oh my god, the lottery times ten. You know, back again, I was young and it was the eighties. So they offered ten thousand dollars, mm. four days' work, thereby saving the sixty five.
4: Uh, right. Uh, and, gotcha.
2: and, and, you know, and, and, and was I going to say no, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to put a period to the character, you know, once I received the script and I realized how, how, because, you know, the fans too, guys, you know, it's, it's not just a, it's not just a producer uh representation, talent representation, talent of, of, uh, circle the circle includes the fans and the fans have yep. been telling me for a year and a half they're grooming you oh they're grooming you for more that yeah, we can see it I'm like okay <laughs> if that's what you're telling me you guys know you got you guys know the franchise better than I do so so it was it was uh painful mm-hmm. uh to learn how how little I, I would be in the film but I have to say adina to your point and and who was the other person who favored it Star Trek for?
0: Oh, my! It's we my all, all favorite. favorite. It, yes, it's This yes, is Chris, is lonely Ohioan over here that never gets implemented <laughs> by right. Steve. Well, I'm with you guys.
2: I read the script and I said, "Oh my God, they're back to the winning, winning alchemy that is mm-hmm. Star Trek." You know, there's humor, there's a simple message about the preservation of life. The whole cast is involved. Everybody gets a moment. You know, it just it just was a great little adventure movie. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, uh. And I said to myself, you know, there's only so much room on the bus. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't yeah, get everybody mm-hmm. on the bus all the time. And yeah. I was okay. Like, I, I, you know, it wasn't life or death. I I, mm-hmm. I, adjusted my thinking and I shifted to just gratitude for being involved at all. Was I sad that they kind of put the character down and then didn't pick her up again? Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. That's too mm-hmm. bad.
2: I, I thought they were missing a lovely a yeah. lovely, uh, um, character arc. Mm-hmm. And Spock and possible mm-hmm. pregnancy and all of that and yeah that this
5: is like a, hey we have to talk you know well yeah we should acknowledge what yeah. happened
2: I so
1: I would have loved to see the character go on I'm not keen to, totally on the pregnancy part of that okay. I I wouldn't have liked that I don't know why I, I I'm glad that didn't happen I would have loved to see the character <laughs> just be there but something about what a are you pregnancy- talking
0: about pregnancy. Oh, so what was of the loop on something?
1: Yeah, I guess so.
5: There's like I think in in uh like extended canon I think there's a or pregnancy. In the book I think
2: they imply Something. something. Oh, you're in talking the in the books. Yeah. So
5: I'm yeah, it's not talking about in the, the script, Oh, it was, so it, was in the script.
2: it just wasn't from the books. It was oh. in the script. Even Robert oh. Bennett, I have a I have a a Western Union uh telegram from him. <laughs> Bring your obstetrician.
5: That's awesome so It's the fourth the coolest thing. I'll really?
2: be and then okay. and then they took the lines out mm-hmm.
1: wow.
2: any any wink wink suggestion that she was with child was was you know the the, the film Removed. was stripped of that yeah and interesting. and interesting a wish for a good journey. do you know okay um, right. Um, and I believe I handed him some sort of a you know file digital file uh for for testimony as to what happened with david or something like that that was all that but that that was all it was Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah so you know you just have to be grateful for for what was and and not and not be too too brokenhearted over what wasn't Mm -hmm. because guys this is a fickle business business, you know so if you attach your your self-worth or confidence to the decisions of other people things that are out of your control you'll you, you won't, you just, you know, you, you won't survive. No. That's going to be true in, like, every business.
3: <laughs> in, in life.
1: <laughs> really, in yeah, life right? overall. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yep but yeah. I have to say,
5: though, that line, that exchange with Kirk that you have, I think is perfect. When you tell him about how David died, I think, like, that scene is just so great. Mm-hmm. And even though you didn't get much of you, I'm just glad that what we did get was just really, really well done.
2: Thank you. But then Thank a few you. years
1: later, we got yep. more in Next Generation in the episode the gambit yeah. which was
2: a great yes, episode
5: which i love i i watch that all the time it's like one of my like if i'm in a tng mood and i'm like okay what am i feeling it's probably going to be gambit really? i love gambit well
1: i loved how i re-watched it the other day with my older son who just turned 13 and it held his interest the whole way through which he loves the new track. Like we watched the lower decks. He loves a new track, but next generation episodes, sometimes he'll watch the whole one with me. Sometimes not this two-parter. He watched the whole two part with me.
2: Awesome. yeah, Awesome. That's nice to hear. I I watched it myself for the first time in 30 years. Uh, Maybe last summer. Mm -hmm. I don't know what was, what was going on last summer. You know, I'll tell you what was going on. (laughs) No, 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 the pandemic. What, ah. it did, what it did for our world mm-hmm. was it made people reach across the, the abyss to one another. So I was doing podcasts and interviews and stuff. And it was so sweet, you know, to just be pulled out of the ether uh, uh, since since most of us weren't doing what we usually do uh, and, and come out and play with people, you know, mm-hmm. electronically, uh, Zooming and all that stuff. Um, so what? where was I going with all that? Uh, so you re- you or, watched it?
4: Yeah. I re- yeah. watched
2: it. And I thought, you know what? You're not really bad. You know, I, I was I was sort of like, wow, OK, you know, because I, I was so much more comfortable with the whole with the whole uh, style of Star Trek uh, mm-hmm. the second time around. And um, and I and I also kind of enjoyed, guys, uh, w- when I did that episode, those two episodes, they didn't give me the second one while I was filming the first one. And I remember going to one of the producers or somebody and I said, hey, you know, I- I'm clearly maybe not who I say I am. So could you give me the second part of the script so I could maybe understand? Well, we can't do that because we don't have it written yet. And I'm like, oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. So it was kind of fun to just be asked to just wing it mm-hmm. and, and hope that it made sense. <laughs> and you got to work alongside Patrick Stewart. Oh, what a what a what a doll. What a total doll. The man is, is like a, you know, an acting calculator. You just, you just, you put the numbers in and he comes up with the perfect, you know, sum. He just, Mm. he just, just, I remember they switched scenes on him last minute or something. And, and, you know, he has, it it was his episode. They were his episodes. Mm -hmm. And he immediately shifted, you know, his memorization or whatever to to the scene at hand, the one Mm -hmm. that he wasn't expecting to work on and and deftly, you know, delivered it. Uh, um, I, I particularly loved, we were working on the last scene the last scene of the, of the two part episode. And I remember it just so happened, you know, very often you shoot scenes out of order, but this one happened to be at the end of a long week. We had been in a small quarters and the smoke and everything that, you know, this fake smoke. And, and uh, he was frustrated. And the director would say action and he would deliver his lines, but he didn't like, he, he didn't, he wasn't, it wasn't settling right with him. So the director said, okay, Patrick, let's take a break. You, you know, you go off and think for a moment and and what happened what was happening was it, the lines at the end you remember the resonator chris you might mm-hmm. remember this or you just saw it a oh yeah, yeah. The resonator when when it was met with aggression mind. was activated and he was saying his lines aggressively and wasn't realizing something about it didn't feel right to him because he 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 came to realize that if he did it that way it wouldn't be true to the story so so when they when um um Frakes his character and Worf and 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 uh, whatever another red suit come into the, the scene. He he spoke with them very calmly and very decisively, but not but not in such a way that it would activate the 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 uh, what it, what was it called? It was a no, resonator. The psionic, yeah. yeah, the, the psionic, psionic resonator.
5: Resonator. Yeah. yeah.
2: And that was what was troubling him. And I have to say, my esteem and why he couldn't, you know, finish the scene. My esteem for him grew in that moment because, you know, when people are making a lot of money and they're, you know, and they're in their seventh or whatever, fourth or fifth or sixth even, they, the, the, the main characters, they just don't care as much. Mm. You know, when you're a guest, you observe these things on a show. And yeah. it was so wonderful to see that cast care, but especially Patrick, care so much about the storytelling. Like, yay, you know, my my admiration for him was off the charts. That's that's awesome.
5: To, that is that is actually really cool. But mm-hmm. I have to ask when playing the character was it what was the process like playing a Romulan pretending to be a Vulcan but also obviously not trying to be Savic in that role?
2: Well, I I think I I I just felt more liberty of uh, uh to To use my body, believe it or not, Um, you know, I almost uh, I felt as though the character would would take on the 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 uh, uh, I can't think of the word I want the carriage or something uh, and manner of a bird, you know, you know, interesting watching and, and, and so on. And, and I I can't explain it. I just, just, I, I'm a, I'm a very visceral actor. I don't analyze stuff a lot. I'm, I, I just sort of get myself physically into it. And for, for me, that mattered my, my physical self and how I would, how I would, uh, uh, interact with, with Patrick. Was I looking him straight in the eye, eye to eye, or was I looking at him out of the corner of my eyes? Um, mm. Do do you know what I mean? Because I felt she was, she was, she was insincere. She was hiding something. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) so it was interesting to, to kind of, I don't know. It was like, it was kind of like a sparring match, but, but it had to do with bodily physical energy. I haven't even ever analyzed it myself. (laughs) Um, But I just, again, as having been a part of the universe for a little while, I just felt a little more confident to play with it. Whereas with Savick, I was absolutely a deer caught in the headlights until, until like a Gumby, until, you know, Nimoy came over and moved my
4: arms. (laughs) You know, I mean,
2: I just wanted to come through for him. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do good for him. Mm. And I was hoping it would, you know, it would come off as real or whatever it was he was trying to achieve. And I was a little less cautious with the mm. next generation, just kind of just letting my hair down a little bit. Cool, cool. In my shoes, you know? Uh I, I don't know if that answered your question no. or not.
5: Yeah, that, that yeah. makes sense though. And the way you described Tolera, it's like, yeah, she's able to call out Picard pretty quickly and be like, hey, I know you're up to something. And she questions him a lot and he just doesn't relent and she's like, No, no, you're 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 there's an angle that I'm not that I, I was don't know. So it's afraid
0: it. your character would find him out for real. I mean, yeah. I remember going, oh, <laughs> no, she's so close. It's a
5: tense episode. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: It is. It, it's, uh, it's a, a really one. good one. But also, so one of the things I read when we were preparing for this was that you were almost cast
2: as Kalar, which is a another interesting Yes. And I, and I no. almost feel badly talking about that, but then, but then it, it would be silly
4: mm-hmm. uh,
2: because I'm, I'm now, a, 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 I consider myself a good friend of Susie's. I oh, adore nice. her. I freaking adore that woman. <laughs> she is so GD talented. It's ridiculous. Like I, even the other day I was trying to show a little musical video she had done. Um, It's a song she wrote and she shot a little, little, you know, music video while she sang it. It's fabulous. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to. Uh, it's, it's this fabulous little kick-ass song that she does. Uh, and 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 while I'm in that YouTube video, I see another one where she plays the mother of somebody on a show. Is it How I Love My Mother? How I whatever the heck? Oh,
5: How I Met Your Mother. She's yeah, that. maybe maybe. Oh. That was
2: and she do. She's just she just got she's got the gift of uh, co- comedic acting. Yeah, like yeah. like in spades. And if you're connected to her on Facebook, her Facebook posts are so juicy and entertaining. She'll she'll talk about how she met Dustin Hoffman or how she met so and so. And, and you know, n- not an ounce of um, uh, braggadocio in it at all uh-huh. it's about it's about, you know, little Susie and you know, happened to bump, you know, rub elbows with this with this human being and how and how wonderful it was for a moment. Um Anyway, why am I going on about that? Because she was ultimately cast as the character and (laughs) yay her. And yes, you're, you're correct. It it was offered to me and it was the first time and maybe the, even the only time in my whole 18 year career where I already had committed to another job like the day before. Oh wow. Yeah. And because it was the next generation and because the fans had been asking me for so long, when are you going to be on? When are you going to be on? As if it was just a mere phone call from me Mm -hmm. to, Michael Piller to say I want to be on uh, or whatever. It, what's the other guy's name? Rick?
0: Rick oh, Berman. Rick Berman.
2: Rick Berman. Uh, I won
0: that contest, fellas. <laughs>
2: Thank Yay! you. I said <laughs> that first. Thank but you. But <laughs> <laughs> you,
0: only, you only get half points, sorry. Oh, no, shut up with the half <laughs>
2: you know, the, fans <laughs> this assume, the fans assume that it's a tight, small world and that we all know each other and <laughs> right. we have to do those mm-hmm. phone numbers. <laughs> hey, Rick, Rick, I really want to do this show next week. Give me a call. Yeah, so (laughs) it's not like that at all. I had to always go over an audition, just like every other every other actress in Hollywood. And there was never any, you know, hey, this person played Savick before. Nothing. There was never any recognition that I had ever been a part of Star Trek prior to that moment. So, it it, it, having to lose the character, lose the part, the role, the job, whatever, was was painful. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, another few months later, along came Tullera. So, so
0: (laughs) if The opportunity so arose to play Savick somehow. Yes, please. Can we make this happen? Are you silly? (laughs) A little. So. (laughs) So. Uh. I. I, Like. Now that I'm thinking about it, like next they could have worked savik into the next gen somehow because they work spock into it for right. Crying right. Out. Yeah. And um and then you think
1: star trek legacy
0: it's well, that legacy. but i mean what it's if they do a possible. ds9 call, reboot terry? i mean let's start a petition right now robin curtis get, petition mm-hmm. bring savik back can we get terry on started the right here on the big sci-fi
2: it would be a gas. It would be <laughs> considering
1: a
0: how long a Vulcan lives.
1: Sure, yeah, no. If, us, if Star Trek Legacy work. goes forward, it is technically yeah. possible, and it would make sense. I mean, it would. It would make sense. It wouldn't be weird. Mm-hmm. It would make yeah. sense. Thank of you. Course. I'm, I'm for this idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll have to call. I'm Mr. ready to start
1: writing for Star Trek Legacy. That that's like mm-hmm. my. Yeah, that, that's right. my new mission I'm Terry
0: Metallus up right now, Chris. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm, you know what? You've got his number. When <laughs> after I everything, you know, gets resolved the universe. Leave him a voicemail.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so let's ask about some other, you know, so we spent a lot of time talking about Star Trek mm-hmm. because Star Trek is awesome. But it's on the big we sci-fi, we talk about other science fiction mm-hmm. too. And so you've also had roles in things like uh, Babylon 5. Mm-hmm. Is that something really? that you, you... Yeah. Did you not see my show notes? No. I... <laughs>
2: she did she did her homework adina she always does homework.
3: oh adina I try,
2: is i try
3: so like, detailed yeah. we, we come up with like a reference or two and she's got like one two three four
1: it's five, six, just i spend seven, my time eight. with google google and me are best friends that's really all that is <laughs> i want to
0: publicly apologize to adina for not reading all of the show notes
1: Oh, it's not the first okay. time. Won't be the first. It's time. Okay, guys. <laughs> yeah, It's fine. But here's the thing: is I don't think I, you know, I watched Babylon Five in its full original run. I don't think I knew you were you were in it. Um, and you partly because of the makeup, and the prosthetics. You wouldn't,
2: yeah, no. So word gets around a little bit. Uh, um, mm-hmm. uh, with the science fiction franchises, you know who who can who can wear the the prosthetics
4: mm-hmm. and not
2: freak out. Hmm. Because it's very, if you're wearing a full head prosthetic, it's, it, it can be, I think for some people, it's very claustrophobic or mm-hmm. you know, whatever, they have anxiety. Uh, uh, it wasn't a problem for me. So so, uh, that was about as covered up as a human being can be. Uh, but my eyes and, and sort of you could see my epithelial tissue in my lips or whatever. Otherwise, it was all... Fishhead. I, I really don't even know what else to call it. It was sort of a you know. Mm-hmm. And anyway, no, I enjoyed the heck out of it. Uh, they were a nice group of people. Um, uh you know, guys, back in the day, you know, you were just so grateful for work
4: mm-hmm. because
2: then you paid your bills. Mm-hmm. And 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 as and as um you know ordinary as that sounds, as mundane as that is, that that was thrilling to get a yeah. job. You know, and, and because I it wasn't like I worked. Every week. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would do a national commercial in January, and then I would do a Star Trek convention in March, and I would get a guest spot on whatever, night court in, in, in June. And then I would do, you know, whatever, a, a, a Corman movie in the fall. And you put it all together and you made a living. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you made your living with a little glue and paste and tape between these disparate things. Mm-hmm. Uh so for me, Babylon Five, it wasn't it wasn't so much, oh yay, another science fiction show so much as it was just i was just grateful to come out and play mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um you know i i talked with someone recently who said they love actors because because they they're able to they without being in it with us they're able to appreciate how what we do m- means that w- we're we're connecting and relying on each other it's very much a team mm-hmm. effort acting mm-hmm. and and that is always this is always a beautiful and very gratifying experience Mm -hmm. to give to the actor. He gives back to you and, 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 and you, and you support each other and you lift each other up and you try to tell the story as best you can. That's joy. That's Mm -hmm. pure joy for someone who does what we do. Um, So it was a pleasure to work with those, that cast. Um, And they were all good sports and, and like the Star Trek actors appreciated their good fortune, you know. I got to be friends with Julie Caitlin Brown, and and look how she's turned the, all of that in, into quite a business for herself, representing actors and so on. Uh, you know, they're they're good eggs, all mm-hmm. of them. Nice. If what you was... don't
3: mind, oh, I'm gonna Go, no, ahead, go ahead,
2: ahead. No, go no, ahead.
3: Nope, your time. Uh, no, I know. I was going to ask, uh, switching a little gear here. There was a <laughs> point where you no longer were acting or you put it on the side and you Uh took a new profession which you have now Yes, in the real estate industry was that like at some point you went this is not going to last forever playing and acting and getting acting jobs maybe I should have a fallback or something else to do that caused you to get into this other profession
2: Steve so so when I was in the business, Meryl Streep is the one that raised the red flag to all the female actors out there, and this was this was about when she did um, Out of Africa.
0: Uh huh. Oh,
2: okay. And and Robert Redford was paid
3: way three, too much three, compared three more to her. yeah.
2: Than she was, and it was her film, and so she she analyzed the statistics and, and made it so clear to the female membership. Oh, (laughs) you're working over the age of 40 is not looking good. It's looking Mm. pretty bad. There are not enough women directors, not enough women writing the scripts, not enough women cinematographers, and, and there just aren't any women characters. So the the body of actors stays the same. The body of you know qualified, talented actresses is the same as you get into the late 30s and early 40s, but the roles diminish greatly, the number mm-hmm. of roles. And so, and so yeah, I knew I knew the day would come when I wouldn't work as much. I didn't know how it would come exactly, but I started to work a little less, you know, when I was 41, 42, 43. And, and then I reconnected with, um, with a gentleman from my childhood. This is a guy that I grew up with. He had no connection to show business. Um, he lived in, in, in Cincinnati at the time. Uh, uh, and I was in LA and he was my younger brother's best friend. Still, they had remained friends ever since high school.
0: Excuse me. Did you say Cincinnati, Ohio? Yeah. Yeah. There there you go, Steve.
2: There
0: you go. Good people from Ohio. I'm sorry to interrupt. Don't you have a whole show?
2: What's that?
5: I said, Don't you have a whole show, Brian? Isn't uh W A W-A- No, I know you weren't in it, but I mean it's cool. Right? It's a whole show. W K R P Cincinnati. Yeah, huh? that's right. Yes.
2: Well, I moved to I moved to Cincinnati. I married oh, that interesting. I retired from the business. And I remember saying to my ex-husband in California, you know, I said, Kent, I want to take a, an ad in variety, a full page ad. He goes, Why? I said because you know I want to thank the people that I've enjoyed and I want to call them out by name. Uh-huh. and Leslie Dechter and all these amazing people I worked with. And he said, "Robin, they don't care." Oh. They don't care. <laughs> and you know, and he, he could be a, he could be so um uh, cynical, you know, but uh, he but he was right. Is my point. You know, I uh-huh. think you think there's this moment in time where you know, you'll you'll get a watch or or you will you know look <laughs> dinner and you're, you're in your honor or something, but no, mm-hmm. you went you up. lifetime achievement
3: yeah. award for Robin yeah. Curtis for yeah. playing Civic. Yeah. Thank she you. She made it
2: to 43 and then she <laughs> left, left the biz. Um, so I so I jokingly say that I played the role of the Midwestern housewife for three and a half years. So I lived in mm-hmm. Cincinnati. Uh I got very active. Brian, you'll appreciate this. I, I immediately recognized the undertow there of conservatism.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. And
2: I was, I was in, I was in the National Organization for Women chapter. I marched for gay rights. I mm-hmm. I, I volunteered at Planned Parenthood. I'm like, I went full, <laughs> you know, medieval liberal in that yeah. town. Um it, some strange, I won't even talk about it now, but some strange stuff went down in Cincinnati while I lived there, which was so it was like, wow, this town is so dysfunctional. Um <laughs> But uh, the marriage didn't work the, the the my role as a Midwestern housewife ran out and I moved back to upstate New York. Mm. And the reason I sell real estate is because I fell in love with the contractor.
4: Mm. Oh <laughs> gentlemen, I bought this
2: old house in the village, a completely inappropriate real estate purchase for someone uh, my age at the time uh, uh ancient house, 200 year old house, village taxes for the rest of my life. but I fell in love with the house and I mm-hmm. made me feel hope and optimism and possibilities. Mm. You know, a few weeks later, I hired this contractor after interviewing four of them and, and proceeded to fall madly in love. And I was with him for 17 years. So if that guy sold widgets, I would be a widget
3: salesperson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, you know, we're I, missing a show on HGTV, a potential for you. You know, okay. I married my contractor, you know. <laughs> oh, my
1: goodness. <laughs> I I yeah. Oh God. Ooh, Robin renovates. I have been renovating. I also
3: watch that. Yeah. Yes.
1: The dating Reneviz. game
3: uh, and the contracting shows come together, that's right. Uh, <laughs> oh, renovate your house
1: you. and your life.
3: That's actually. <laughs> a, are you still in the house? I
2: am. Oh, oh my god, good. I love this house. I okay, would, that that's I what's I behind
3: you. That's what's I behind you. Okay. Go
2: out of this box or this house in a box. Yeah. That's just my dining room wall. Um, yeah, no, I, I wish everyone felt about the home they buy. Yeah. The I felt about this house when I walked in. Yep. Nice. I, I, just, I, I just I just I just couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my, and you know, guys, everything fit, every stick of furniture found a spot. Mm-hmm. And normally in houses, you know, you kind of bump into things until you figure out where the light switch is or where that corner. Uh-huh. Is. I never bumped a knee. I, it, was like, it was like trying on the best dress in the world. And mm-hmm. it fits perfectly. It just, this house fits me perfectly. People go by and they shout at me, I love your house. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's it funny you say you.
3: that. It's funny you say that because my mom was my realtor. Oh. And she showed me like four or five different homes. And we just said, no, no, no. And then she said, well, I got this one last piece of property. I'm going to show it to you. It's overgrown. It hasn't been lived in for six months. Uh. It's yeah. dirty. It's yeah. And we looked in the window, and right then we knew we're home. Mm-hmm. Oh. And we've been in that home since 1986 mm-hmm. because you just know when you see it. Yeah. I
2: love that.
3: It is. It is your
0: home,
2: yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you
0: felt the same way. That's great.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: Absolutely.
0: For, for my wife and I, the house we're in now, yeah. it was, can we see ourselves raising our kids here? Will our kids... Grow up in this home and, mm-hmm. and do we see good memories ahead? And so that's, yeah. that was one for us. So
1: yeah, it's, I've been here for 21 imp- years, for, for 21 years. And when I first uh-huh. bought it, you drive up the driveway and it looks like this little nothing little nothing and so I was thinking to myself there, there's no way this is just this is nothing but then when you walk in there's like a, a vaulted ceiling and then it's a third of an acre so you look out the oh, back wow, and it's nice. like this is a really big thing I was like huh okay maybe this is not nothing and maybe if I did stay here I could do something with it and I yeah so since then I put two extensions on the house and I have no oh, I didn't know that no plans to go anywhere I'll send I'll send you the yeah. before and after I love showing people the before and after But like yeah. two extensions. Wow, that's amazing. That's that's a lot, and it's still like it's still not the biggest house ever, but I love it. (laughs) I love it.
3: But dealing with a two hundred year old home,
1: yes, and considering
3: that, what the form of heating, what the form of lighting, though the form of whatever you, I mean, I hopefully when you got it, some people had already brought it up to modern specifications, and you just made your changes.
2: Yes, I don't have to pump my water or go to <laughs> okay. the or anything. No, no, no. It's, 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 it's been updated. You know, yeah. but could there be a wire in the wall behind the lath and plaster Ooh. that a little mouse could chew on? And yes. 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 <laughs> well,
3: you hope almost, you have good insurance.
2: Yeah, we, were, we were here, was it on Thanksgiving Day? I was here with my former partner and his two boys, his two little cherubs. And, and and the lights started flickering and we're like, what the hell's that? And he's a contractor. So uh-huh. he goes downstairs to the to the to the uh Fuse box. It? Yes. The, yep. And it's melting. Oh, <gasps> oh my gosh. gosh. Yeah. It was oh, the house would geez. have caught fire had had we not been home and seen it. And then we got his electrician came on Thanksgiving Day and, and replaced the whole box and the wiring oh, wow. to
4: the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And 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 he he would often say, "I wished we'd left that day. I wished we'd gone, you know, to go get some no. turkey and let the house burn down." And I'm like, "No, no.
4: yeah." Anyway, wow. <laughs>
1: a do you have new ghosts? Show? I
2: mean, I have a 200 year old house. Yeah, Are there ghosts? I do not. Have, I do not have ghosts that I know okay. of, Adina. Okay. Uh, I did. I did. I did live in a house in L.A. The only house I lived in in L.A. That was mentioned in the O.J. Simpson trial, Ooh, and of course, oh. you know, that that appealed to me because of my obsession with murder. So, <laughs> so Marsha Clark, no, Marsha Clark referred to my home as really? the Defensa home. That was the former owner. Oh my god! He had a house guest, right? A contractor working on the house that was staying there with him, who who murdered the maid next door. What? Yes, no, wow. this happened. This happened. So, so she mentioned it. As 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 precedent for going into a property under exigent circumstances, meaning wow. drops, blood drops to the door, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like his blood drops on the Bronco, which is why they went over the fence and into his house. Wow! Yeah, isn't that interesting? Wow! Yes. That interesting? Yeah. okay.
3: So, Murder She Wrote. We've got now Robin Curtis bring back Murder She Wrote. We're gonna we're gonna get you so many roles. It's gonna be amazing here. You know. Producers so are listening you should,
2: to us. Funny you should mention Murder, She Wrote, because uh, I jokingly say they had to hire me when they did uh, because they had hired every actress in Hollywood twice.
4: And they <laughs> went to
2: the Rolodex and went, oh my God, Robin Curtis is the only one we haven't hired yet. No, it, it was it meant a lot to me to be on that show because I was a big fan of hers. Oh, yeah. And I I saw Sweeney Todd and um, uh, when it premiered in, in uh, New York City. God, when was it, 1982, 1981? Wow. And, and I had a a, a, a former college, uh, older than me. We didn't know each other in, at, at, at uh, school. But uh, one, one of my um, uh, college classmates invited me to a cast party. He was in the cast of Sweeney Todd. Mm. And there I was in Hal Prince's home watching the Tonys when Angela Lansbury won and the play won. And mm. uh, had one, and and I think Len Kiryu may may have won. And they came back after, and there she came into the house with herself, her husband, and, and Rock Hudson. And wow. I wow. really my first Hollywood. Well, my first really New York theater party. Yes. Meeting Hal Prince and Stephen Sondheim and Jess and Jessica and, and Angela Lansbury. Mm-hmm. A big, big hero. Wow. I adored nice. her. Adored her. I was so sad when, when she died. Yeah. Uh, uh, earlier, well, it was late last year, wasn't
3: it? Yes, it was. It was yeah, yeah, pretty recent.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. She. It was nice to see her come back and in um the latest Mary Poppins movie where she played at the very end of it. It was just yeah. like, you know, it's just yeah, it's great to see a, just a wonderful actress and yeah. I had a chance to work with. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So speaking yeah. of upcoming roles. Mm-hmm. is so there's a movie, uh, which is I have to tell our listeners that to me the craziest thing is a friend of mine from high school is directing it. He's a director of independent films, and it was really funny. Is before uh, you were even announced to be at Trek Long Island, I got a text message from him. He's like, Dina, guess what? Because <laughs> he knows I'm a big, you know, Trekkie, and he would like that I'd appreciate um, hearing the news. He's like, guess who's going to be in? my new movie. And he sent me an article um, about this. And I just I was like, this is amazing. And so what I never heard, though, is how you guys met and how that all happened.
2: How you and Dave met. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so sweet. Um, Again, you wonder if you know how much the pandemic really inspired uh, creativity Mm -hmm. and and taking action on things. But I I got an email in November of 2021 and uh I didn't know the the sender but it was a very gracious email and he explained that he was a filmmaker on Long Island and and that he thought uh having watched I believe he said something like having watched a, a video that I had done on YouTube and I thought maybe it was one of the podcasts or or you know things I had done during the pandemic when people reached out uh and he said and I really feel you're right for this role. And I thought, well, this is so cute. Um, You know, I hadn't worked in many, many years and uh, 20 over 20 years. And so I I wrote back and I said, well, how lovely of you to reach out to me. Why don't you send me the script Mm -hmm. and let me see what I think. And I, you know, he sent the script and gosh, darn it. He had written it. He was not only the director, but the screenwriter. And, and, and it, and it made sense. It was a well-crafted script. It's not my genre. It's a horror film, Mm -hmm. but it's a psychological horror film. And the part that he was asking me to play didn't have to kill anyone or beat you. so I didn't oh. have to play terror or or fear, which is which is very not a fun thing to play on mm-hmm. camera. I don't think it's not a fun thing to act again and again. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, because you're always running from something, you're frightened. Um. So, so I was like, you know, this looks like a, this is, could be fun. So I said, kiddo, if you if you can get get you know the support to to make your little movie, I would be loved to be in it. That's great. And, Yes. And then he stayed in touch and he would be back to me periodically. And, and then he tells me he's talking to Lou Gossett Jr. And, and then he tells me he's got Lance Henriksen committed. And I'm like, well, good for you. You're pulling out every uh, talented, ancient, you know, yeah. uh, sporting <laughs> uh, actor there is on the planet, mm-hmm. but they're good actors. And, um, and then he got, as I was mentioning to you, Adina, a moment ago, he said he had some kind of um, uh, SAG um, uh, 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 sanctioning of some kind I of, you know, because we discussed how we would work around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah. So, so lo and behold, he gets the green light and, uh, uh, he lost a location. We were supposed to shoot at the end of April and he lost his location and he said, it's going to look now more like, uh, June. And, and, and finally the dates were fixed and I was petrified because I was worried about my ability to memorize the lines. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. it's I, I could memorize them, but I was worried I, I would I would have uh, su- such be arrested by such severe stage fright in the moment that I wouldn't know my name, much less my lines. And I'm not kidding. I kind of it's gotten worse as I've gotten older. Uh, but lo and behold, I go down to Long Island, and and he has put together the most uh, talented, scrappy crew of 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 people uh i enjoyed each of them the cameramen were good and 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 the makeup artist and the, the sound guy they were his whole crew was just lovely and professional mm-hmm. and two o'clock in the morning three o'clock in the morning you know and a lot of people start to not care so much they still gave a darn and still you know corrected the lighting or or fixed something that wasn't correct it, it just it just Wow. My mind. i would work with him again in a nanosecond i had a an, an enormously good experience and the other actors were lovely about the lines i i i, I gotta say you know i it, it would be fun to get back in the ship again it would or get back in the whatever the driver's mm-hmm. seat that's awesome back that's in so, the
3: saddle again
1: it's Yay. wonderful to hear such good things about my friend i'm going to say his name dave campfield you a friend of mine from high school not like super like you know best 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 friends but definitely friends and we've stayed in touch over the years and it's wonderful to just see how well he's been doing they've been doing several independent films um one called fortress of sin as one like some some independent film awards and yeah they do horror which is also not that's not a genre that i watch much of and so i've been trying to force myself to watch this film um because i haven't yet even though it's one you know awards and another friend of mine from high school is also in it too um but it's so great to hear that you know you had such a good experience with them, and uh, yeah, um, that's that's so exciting. And also,
2: I love that you call Dave kiddo because you know we're the same age.
4: <laughs>
2: oh, see, that, <laughs> that, that, and that's that's what blows my mind too. Because I, I, whenever I tell the story, I say this young man from Long Island, and then it's like you know because when you get to be my age, everybody's a young man. <laughs> uh, but no, no, of course he's not twenty five. No, and
1: I love well because so I'm I'm gonna be forty nine in a few days. So I love <laughs> I love it. <laughs>
2: You're a girly girl. Uh, what was cute about what was cute about the 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 experience too? was that? Like we go to this house on Long Island, right? And and it's supposed to be it's supposed to be my house actually. I'm in you know the the, the home that he, he's he's gotten the good graces of the owners uh, to use um, uh, is actually my house that uh, my character's house, and and it belongs to this ancient couple, you know, in their late 80s, and they're not exactly they're not exactly sure what's happening and we've overtaken the house. Right. And they're having to be outside and it's a little warm and, and, uh, and they were very worried about the fake smoke that was kept being blown into the scenes to, to, to give it a certain look. And, and, uh, and then I find out that their son, um, uh, uh, um, Howard, I've met him at Icon. I don't know. 30, 40, 30 to go to Icon. Before, yeah. And, and it's really through Howard that, that Dave has been able to secure this house, this location. And, and, and the, and the trade-off is uh, Howard would like to do an interview with me. And so I'm thinking that's going to happen during the day, you know, like I'm probably Mm going to meet him and we're going to do this straight up. but no, it was in between takes. This is how I would would do the scene. And then I would have to go over here and, and, and do this, this, this radio interview with this dude, you know? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm, you know, it was late and I was a little tired (laughs) and I'm like, oh Lordy, Lordy. But this is, you know, this, this was the, This was the bartering, you know, that happened uh, 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 that we that he would finally get this interview with me that apparently he had asked me for one 40 years earlier. And I had to apologize that I that I couldn't do it. Uh, And and this was, you know, being able to do it again. And then we go to the next house and, you know, and and there's and there's other things going on, you know, ways in which. uh, you know, the homeowner and the people working on the movie are, you know, it, 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 um, uh, extending ourselves to them because because clearly, you know, favors are being exchanged. Oh. <laughs> but, but it's not clear who's giving the favor and who's getting the favor. So so you just have to be really nice and do whatever. Talk to anybody who's wanting to talk to you so 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 that so that everybody walks away, you know, upright and and uh, uh, got, got getting what they needed. So it was interesting how, how that works. You know, the chips. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Well, cool. I'm definitely. I'm looking forward to this. Um, And again, I really people. We need to. I want to watch some horror. I want to watch Fortress of Sin, the other movie that they've got out there. And yeah, and when this comes out, I'm gonna. I'm definitely looking forward to it. So what I am gonna say is, guys, do you guys have other questions? Because I think we're gonna wrap up. I've
3: learned. I've learned so much about you that it has been uh, as a homeowner, as an actress, as. Bon vivant, And knowing that you've, you've blown my mind by telling me that Ethan's grandfather was Gregory. <laughs> yeah. That if I walk away from this with a greater, I, I appreciate him so much as an actor.
4: Aww. And it's now
3: another step forward that the, the bloodline is amazing. Yes. Yeah, and it really is. Thank you so much for we that. We learned
1: a lot about a lot today.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we
1: well. Robin, thank you so much for generously making time.
2: Thank you. guys. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. I thank wish you. you all really well. Enjoy the rest of your summer. This was a treat. Oh, thank you. Awesome.
1: And I'm going to say thank you to our dear listeners, too. We want to thank you for taking the time to listen to us. And please don't be shy. We invite you to connect with us by emailing your thoughts and ideas to the big sci-fi podcast at gmail.com. And if you're looking for some more interactivity, you can engage with us and our thriving community by joining our Facebook group or following our updates on Instagram and Twitter and subscribing to our YouTube channel. And of course, we have to shout out to the Galaxy's premier podcast network, the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Yes, venture over to trekgeeks.com to discover us and a universe full of other captivating podcasts. Until our paths cross again. Go well, treat each other kindly, and remember to live long and prosper. Stay tuned for the next amazing installment of the Big Sci-Fi Podcast.